Welcome to Marketing Meets Web3, a podcast that helps marketers navigate the news, trends, opportunities, and insights surrounding Web3. Today's conversation is for information purposes only and does not constitute legal or investment advice. Hello, Nick. Hi, Alberto. How are you? I am uh, very, very, very good. Thank you. Because I just had uh, an amazing coffee here. Did you have your coffee already? Unfortunately, no. I've been on a no coffee diet for two days. Uh, have to do some dental work <laughs> and apparently coffee isn't good for the teeth. So I have 24 more hours to go yeah. before I can have my first cup of coffee. Yeah, I totally knew that. Uh, I was teasing you here. I had two today, by the way. And uh... Thanks for rubbing <laughs> it in, by the way. <laughs> and for the occasion, I've picked this piece of news that uh, we can discuss, which is about Bialetti. Bialetti, of course, they make coffee, if you didn't know. So <laughs> Bialetti is proud to announce the launch of their inaugural Mocha Expressions NFT membership program for those like you who love the art of coffee. So yeah, Bialetti is doing this, is getting into not only the membership programs, which We've discussed plenty here, but also, of course, the, um, the going the NFT Web3 route. And I think it's very interesting. We're going to talk a bit about uh, how they plan to do it, which tiers they, they want to do. But uh, just uh, wanted to hear your first impression on this. Uh, well, my, my initial impression is that I want a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> your decaffeinated expression is the, uh, impression is that one? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so Bialetti, Bialetti makes the mocha pot, if you haven't. Heard of Bialetti before? The mocha pot is that stovetop uh, espresso or coffee maker. Um, it has kind of a cult following. It it's a very old brand, and the technology, the device itself, is really old. And so it's got this long legacy and history behind it of people that, if you know, you know, and you love the mocha pot. And they're they're you know, if you look up mocha pot recipes online, there are dozens and dozens of different ways to tweak your mocha pot recipe so that you get the best cup of coffee. Um, so this is a, again, this is an old brand. This is a brand that has a lot of rich history to it and a cult following of people who really love the mocha pot. So what's interesting about this and their foray into NFTs, um, A, this is not a mass market appeal type of NFT. So, you know, to me, this doesn't smell like a money grab where a brand is just looking at NFTs and saying, hey, this is, an, this is a way for us to generate some cash. Um, because really, I mean, how, how big is that market going to be? Um, I think what's really pretty interesting about this story is that, you know, for a while now, we've been looking at NFTs and looking at what's happening in the space and how NFTs relate to culture and to interests. And, you know, we have this hypothesis, I think you and I have talked about this a lot, about how NFTs in the future um, have the ability to represent our digital selves in a much more meaningful way. And so I'll give you an example. So I was a skateboarder when I was a kid. I loved my skateboarder. And the, the thing that skateboarders do when they're not skateboarding, of course, is they like to decorate their skateboards and they decorate their skateboards with stickers. And so it's almost this badge of honor to see, to, to have you know, your skateboard with a hundred different stickers. And you want to have the best stickers or the coolest stickers. And those stickers really say something about you and your personality and your, and your skateboarding and your interests. We see the same thing with uh, bumper, car or bumper stickers on cars. 
right? You've, you've all seen vans and cars that are just plastered with stickers. And it's somebody who really wants to, you know, scream about their interests. But you also see things in more subtle ways where maybe a person has just one or two bumper stickers or they have a license plate frame that says something about who they are. Um, we've also seen this with laptop computers, right? And people who put stickers all over their laptop to represent maybe they're in the tech world or the startup world or they're a developer or they're an artist. And so they're using stickers as a way to represent themselves. Okay, yeah. so what does this have to do with NFTs? So what we're seeing with a niche interest like the Bialetti Mocha Pot launching an NFT, I think we're starting to see this hypothesis um, come to life in a real way, in a more meaningful way, where these NFTs now are starting to represent deeper and more niche interests that are going to be indicators of what we like in the future, right? And who we are. And so this could be the beginning of what I, I, I really do think we're going to see, um, you know, this, this uh, huge, huge flood of NFTs on the market that really are just there to help people express themselves, to show what they like, to show teams that they're fans of, to show their interests. Um, but there's another twist to this, and maybe I'll let you get into that. So as you might expect, these NFTs are not just NFTs. They have a little bit more behind them. So what's the deal with um, the benefits or the rewards with these NFTs? Yeah, so there was this was a very interesting part um, when I was researching this, this piece of news because they are offering a few different types of NFTs. Uh, we've seen this before. Some of them are premium. Some of them are rare. Some of them are super rare or ultra rare, they call them. And depending on the kind of NFT that you obtain, of course, you get uh, access to different um, services, products, upgrades, and stuff. And uh, what I found very interesting is that the list of benefits that you get from this membership program is uh, very, very large. And it's very um varied in a way and uh, they are making use of the fact that they're doing something which interests people and they have a knowledge about an area that could be of interest for users and they are making this knowledge available via via this membership program and i found that uh, to be to be very interesting because it's um it's a bit different than uh, what uh, has been done in the past yeah at least i haven't seen uh, a membership program that uh, goes um, um, so far in terms of um, okay. in terms of creating these um, these uh, rewards for for their NFT users. So, having said all of that and uh, primed all of you <laughs> on uh, the variety behind this membership program, uh, I want to play a game with you, which is that I'm going to be telling you a reward, and then you tell me, you try to guess which tier it is. Is it the premium tier is it the rare tier or or the ultra rare tier? Just so to, to see, you know, the depth of uh, this uh, program. Okay, so I'll go with the first one. So access. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So, 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 premium, rare, right. and ultra rare. Yes, those are my choices. Okay, all right. Okay, so I'm, I'm ready. Let's play. Archival Vialetti Art Prints. What is this? The the middle tier. What is it? Premium. Rare, rare. <laughs> you are wrong. This is uh, <laughs> this is accessible through the through the premium uh, uh, okay. NFT. So this is uh, on tier one. Let's say we can talk about Got tier okay. one, tier two, tier three if it makes things easier. But you see, in this case, we have like art prints. I was also thinking, oh, this is this is somewhat premium, I guess. You know, it sounds cool. Anyway, this is tier one. Um, 
let's go for another one. A complementary bag of uh, Mocha Express. What is this? Oh, that's got to be a tier one too. This is a tier two. <laughs> it's a tier two. Yes. <laughs> so coffee is more exclusive than exclusive art prints. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're very bad at this game. Uh, let's go for now. <laughs> one more. Uh, co- a conversation with the business minds behind Bialetti. That has to be a tier three. Okay. Yeah, that's a tier three. That was very clear. Um, let's go for another one. VIP treatment at stores. Hard one. Ooh, I'm going to go tier two. Oh, yes. Nice. You're getting good now. Okay, last All one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> last one, because I want to make a comment on this one. Coffee tasting and masterclasses. Ooh, tier three. Tier three, definitely. And one of the... So you got very good at this. You just needed, I think, uh, a few ones to to warm up. But uh, yes. Oh, oh, what I this, really need is a cup of coffee. <laughs> also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on this last one, the masterclasses, I, I find this to be a no-brainer. You know, many many companies, many businesses are doing something that is very specific and very niche. And people that like it would love to know more about this. Not everybody, of course, but some, some, some of them, some of their audience, some of their yeah. users. And um, I think having access to a masterclass uh, or having access to the, um, the baristas in this case, which is one of the rewards as well. I think this is very interesting for, for people. And I think it helps to create a very strong community or connect with your community if, uh, if the community is there. So yeah, very, very interesting. And before we move on to the next piece of news, um, well, again, congratulate you on your more or less passing the exam. And um, I, I wanted to ask you, because what do you think about this? Because we, we talk about these um, companies getting into Web3 and doing using Web3 to improve on their membership programs or to help their marketing. But we usually talk about Adidas, uh, Louboutin, uh, Nike, Mercedes. And uh, we're talking here about Bialetti, which, as you said, is not so big. So... Um, I think this is interesting and I wanted to hear what you think about this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is, you know, again, we've had this hypothesis for a little while um, as we've watched the market evolve and all of this experimentation that's been happening with NFTs has been happening at the very high you know, global brand level. So you've got the Nike, you have Starbucks and uh, Adidas and Puma and all of these huge brands that are experimenting. But inevitably, that experimentation starts to find its way to smaller brands. And eventually it'll get to, you know, small, medium-sized businesses, even down to your local mom and pop entrepreneurs, who as this technology gets easier and easier to implement and businesses. And so, you know, creating something like a NFT collection that's an homage to your product's legacy today might seem a little bit inaccessible to a small business owner. Um, but I really do see a future where as this technology gets easier to use, there will be tools that allow even a small, you know, local entrepreneur who has a business that's maybe been around for a little while and is well known in the community will be able to do something similar where they're creating um, these digital items that represent an allegiance to their brand or to their business. And that also unlock additional benefits and value for their customers. So this is, I think, a harbinger of things to come and really cool to see this uh, play out in real life. Yeah. And we seem to be not the only ones thinking about this because the next piece of news is about a report, an industry report of um, uh, marketing and um, membership programs. 
and uh, it's a it's called global loyalty programs market intelligence and future growth dynamics data book did the you come up with that name <laughs> I don't know. It has it has all the all the buzzwords, in, in, but it, I think it has I, a ring to it, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's got everything in it. Yeah, uh, it must be it must be awesome. It's like two thousand and five hundred pages of uh, of our report. Um, but really? uh, like, how much it, does it cost? A hundred dollars? No, 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 no. Try, yeah, try Higher? seven thousand. <laughs> oh, I was really off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're not getting better at this. <laughs> but what's interesting is that this is only the Q1 2023 update. So I, I'm, I, I guess that every three months there is another 2,500 pages. Which, yeah, it's a lot of pages. And uh, what I found interesting is that, of course, this is a global loyalty programs market intelligence data book, right? So it's not a crypto related. Uh, a hypey thing about uh, NFTs. No, it's a it's a, a report from um, from the industry, and it's talking about well how the industry is going to grow and they expect it to grow and how is how is how much it has grown in the past. And we're going to talk a bit about the the figures they 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 share, but also they talk about how brands companies are moving towards Web three and using NFTs to help with their loyalty programs, to improve the loyalty programs and to enhance the variety that they offer to their to their users. And I think, I mean, I may be wrong. I don't know if this has uh, made its way into this uh, kind of uh, industry reports before, but uh, it may be one of the first, at least, that talks about um, Web3 in um you know in, in the general for the general market or for for the general for the general industry uh what do you think are you excited about this hopefully yeah no definitely so let's dig into some of the data points here um so let's see the global loyalty market is expected to grow by 12.7 percent on an annual basis to reach a one 135.9 billion uh in 2023 it also states that the global loyalty market will continue to grow over the forecast period and is expected to record a compound annual growth rate of 12.2 percent between 2023 and 2027. Finally, they say the global loyalty market is forecast to reach 215.4 billion by 2027. So you know that's that's solid growth for an industry, and you know obviously we've been watching the industry and, and we believe in the strength of the loyalty market. But it's really interesting to see you know to your point, that they're calling out new technology like NFTs and Web3 as a piece of the overall loyalty view. So again, like you, like you mentioned, this wasn't a report coming out of a crypto-focused research firm. This wasn't you know, coming from somebody who has a vested interest in crypto or NFTs. This is coming from a research firm you know, with 2,500 pages of reporting and a $7,500 price tag coming from a firm that obviously values um, deep and good research. And for them to call out at a very high level um, in the executive summary that NFT-powered loyalty programs are entering the picture is really, really interesting. And I think it's an important inflection point as we move into the next phase of NFTs. So um, talk to me a little bit about some of the brands or some of the initiatives that they called out on the NFT side. Yeah, it's also interesting to point out how brands and companies are going about this. And I think this speaks of um, the moment in which we are, the, in which we are, because they talk about uh, how most of these companies are going into Web3 via partnerships. 
And they, for the most part, they talk about Polygon. We also did this in a recent episode when where we talked about um, how Polygon is becoming the place to go or the place to be for most of these um, companies using Web3 for their, for their loyalty and membership reward programs. And um, yeah, talking about, they talk about Polygon partnering with um, Chacha Matcha, Starbucks, Lotte Group. And of course, there are plenty others that we've uh, covered in in the past and um i think i think it's, it's interesting how you know most of these companies are getting through partnerships as they say and um yeah i don't think this is going to be the rule moving forward probably in the future um it will be something that companies try on their own but right now i guess because the the ecosystem is still fairly new um they are they're trying to they go in there with somebody who knows the place uh, holding their hands i guess to make the transition easier and to understand the, what they're getting into. And um, yeah, so they, they also covered that. And the one more thing that they covered, that I think it's interesting, and I would like to, to hear what you think about this, is um, they use one of the main programs that has worked well in the past, uh, the Panera Bread uh, membership program, which uh, did very well. And surprisingly, well, uh, this was one of the projects or programs that um that i well this did some research on and um yes it was um initially thought that it was, this wasn't gonna work very well and eventually it worked really well so they're using this um success as an example of uh, a of a company that um, tried membership programs had success success doing it and um it could be it could be leading uh, these efforts of other companies of course getting into more membership programs and specifically restaurants they talk about about a little about, about a lot about uh, sorry restaurants getting into membership programs and uh, potentially plenty of them doing it through web3 because uh, we are seeing this trend happening right now yeah, you know, we talk a lot about membership and loyalty on this podcast um, and alongside the work we have going on at step three. But the trend of companies turning towards membership programs, I think, is something that's been in the works for actually quite a while. So if we think back as far as you know, maybe the beginning of Amazon Prime, that's probably the first mass adoption, retail oriented consumer membership program that really drove i think strong commercial success and was really became kind of a household name right at this point there are very few people who shop in at amazon or or e-commerce at all who aren't familiar with this concept of prime um at least in their major markets and so this idea of membership um has been something that has been proven both online and offline in the past and now we're starting to see this happen at a smaller scale with with smaller brands that are looking at the model and saying, you know, transactions are cool. Transactions obviously benefit the business um, when somebody spends more with us and we can recognize that to an extent, we can recognize that with a discount to the consumer. But it's also a very delicate balance. You know, loyalty programs that are strictly based on points and discounts um, have to be very well managed in order to remain profitable for the business. At the same time, it's hard to find that tipping point for the consumer where it's actually worth the hassle of collecting these points and then using these points uh, to get a discount or to get some sort of uh, you know, a freebie or something. What's interesting about a paid membership program is that your consumer is putting skin in the game when they become a member of the program. So looking at something like Panera Bread, looking at something like even Costco, for instance, in an offline environment. You have people that are paying to become part of a club, knowing that membership in that club comes with a set of perks that nobody else can get. And so 
in addition to the great deal, like at the bottom of this, everybody wants a good deal. Um, and I think that's, you will continue to drive consumer activity. But in addition to getting a great deal, there is something interesting. I think that there's a psychological switch for people when they realize that they're part of an exclusive club and membership can do that. So I really do think that in the future, as loyalty programs, as this report states, um, maybe come back into fashion or find uh, larger adoption with companies, I think we're going to start to see the evolution of loyalty programs that starts to morph from a strictly transactional, you know, get points, spend points program into something that's much more experience driven, that's much more about joining a club, that's much more about even having fun or enjoying community interaction within that club. Um, I guess another adva- example that I'll throw out there to complement this piece of news is Sweetgreen. They're a, a newer brand. They've been in market for uh, five or six years, maybe a little bit longer in their early markets, but they're a, they're a restaurant chain. And they do uh, like quick serve healthy food. So you walk in and it's kind of like a salad bar, a Chipotle style salad bar. You go in and you make your salad. Um, and it's just really good, healthy, simple food. And they launched this program um, in 2022 called the Sweet Pass. And the Sweet Pass program, what's interesting about that, they have two versions. They have a free version, which anybody can join. And you get baseline discounts and you, know, you get a few perks here and there. And then they launched the Sweet Pass Plus program on top of that. And Sweet Pass, Sweet Pass Plus, it's a paid program. It's you know, $10 or $15 a month. And that unlocks even more benefits. And it gives you access to even more chances to you know, enjoy your experience with Sweet Pass, whether that's through engaging with them, maybe at events or additional sort of uh, perks for, the, for members, but also better deals. Um, so I think you know, we continue to see this play out in market where these membership programs are evolving from being maybe a very small niche interest to something that can actually drive as much value as a loyalty program and in fact complement loyalty programs um, in a much more interesting way. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Step3, an engagement marketing platform that helps brands build deeper customer relationships. Step3 makes it easy to design custom branded membership programs that include rewards like exclusive content, VIP event passes, merchandise, discounts, and more. Unlock new revenue streams and enhance customer lifetime value with Step3's easy-to-use no-code tools. Go to step3.io to learn more. Yeah, you talked about uh, having a skin in the game, and I want to talk about something similar which is Engage to Earn, which is a new concept. We're going to be talking a bit about this. Well, I, I think it's new. You tell me what you think. But, um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to be talking about Engage to Earn and specifically about this program launched by Gucci that recently revealed that um, the holders of an NFT that was sold months ago, I think in March, are now able to obtain uh, physical items from Gucci, of course, uh, as well as lo- along, sorry, as long as they um, perform or do some kind of work in the um, in the game that uh, Gucci has created. So basically, you were able to obtain 
via payment, of course, an NFT in the past. And as, as long as you did something with this NFT, which gave you access to a game that Gucci created, then now you can um, receive new NFTs and you can swap these NFTs or, um, be, yeah, or be, be awarded uh, these, um, these physical items uh, thanks to you having these, um, these NFTs that you not only paid for, but you also earned. So this is where the engage to earn part uh, comes uh, comes into play, and uh, I would like to hear first if you've seen this engaged to earn part in the past, and then your also your first uh, impressions on this um, move by Gucci. Yeah, so engaged to earn, I think it's something that um, I've seen this in a few smaller NFT projects, um, not specifically for redeeming physical products, but the idea that the more you engage with the community, the better your benefits are, or the higher status you have in the community and i think this is a really interesting model it's it's rooted really in um in video games to be honest i think like most gamification um looking to video games or other types of games um provides a really useful model for thinking about how do you keep people engaged how do you keep them motivated to keep going and what's interesting about this example is that with the engage to earn model you really you're asking people two things you're asking people what do you have in other words what nfts have you collected that show that you're a fan of our brand and then what have you done so what actions have you taken how have you engaged with us to prove that not only do you hold these things but that you're also an active participant in our in our community and why i think that's important is you know the thing about nfts one of the great things about nfts actually is that they're tradable we can sell and buy those things freely as because they're completely owned by us, right? So when I own a Gucci NFT, I can take that to OpenSea and I can put that on a marketplace and I can put it up for sale. However, if you're Gucci, do you want people just buying the NFT and coming in and claiming benefits? Or do you want them to prove that they're also an activated customer? And I think most people would say it's the latter. And so an engaged to earn model is basically giving us a new way to describe or to identify our customers who have these digital collectibles from our brand, but who are also participating in our ecosystem. Hmm. What do you think about this other part? <laughs> so in the last episode, we talked about uh, Louboutin, I believe, and Farrell, Farrell, Farrell Williams, Farrell, the, the singer slash designer. We'll, yeah. we'll just go with Farrell. Farrell, okay, <laughs> yes. So, so we we talked about this this project and uh, this program, and in in this case, if you if you remember, you purchased an NFT, uh, somewhat pricey one, and uh, this this NFT then gave gave you access to a physical item. In this case, you are okay. Um, also obtaining a physical item, but you not only need to. To get to have to have the NFT, but you also need to do some some activity, some engage in some way, right? Uh, I, I wouldn't say play to earn because it's not really a game. You have to perform some actions. So engage, let's say, to to use the wording that uh, Gucci is using, and, and I find this to be different somewhat because we we've seen a lot of um, as you said games doing this, but you always get at least in, in my in my estimation, you always get digital stuff. So you do things in the digital world and you get digital stuff and. Um, to me, it's a bit different when you do something in the digital world and then you get something physical. Uh, it's still an item, but uh, one is tangible and requires work to be done, and the other one is digital. And 
also requires work, but can be reproducible much easier and uh, with a lower cost. Uh, and I think this makes a, this makes a difference, and uh, it, it makes the whole idea of rewards and uh, using NFTs and using these uh, platforms uh, way more interesting. Yeah, you know, there's there's a duality here, right? There's on one on one path, a customer can collect NFTs, digital collectibles. And they can also participate in the ecosystem. So it's pairing ownership with engage to earn. And now that becomes my identification as a customer in your, in your ecosystem. Um, and maybe that's how I unlock those other tiers. You know, in the Bialetti example, we were talking about that uh, tier three, you know, the ultra premium level where I get access to things like a conversation with somebody inside of their company. You know, there's only so much of that that you can give away. And you want to make sure that if you're engaging with somebody in your, your community that way, that they're actually invested in your business. And so I think engage to earn plus ownership is one path where consumers who are just your super fans, your super advocates, th- that's the way you find those people. And that's the way that they can actually signal to you that they're your super fans and they deserve to be treated differently. I think on another path, though, there is this interesting thing happening with NFTs and redemption of things like physical goods. Where the second path, some, somebody can be a customer with you uh, using an NFT, is to simply think about that NFT as a way to get a great deal. And so, you know, do, going through some of the calculation here on this example, um, it's possible that somebody who buys this NFT on OpenSea and then uses it to redeem a bag is going to get a better deal, right? Actually, better than they might pay in store. Now, they had to go through a little bit of friction and some hoops, and they obviously had to go find that deal on their own. But that's another path where consumers can start engaging using Web3 mechanics and ideas uh, that brings business to your door, but also allows the consumer to kind of more passively just deal hunt, if you will. You know, so maybe they're less, in, less involved with your brand. They're not really on the engaged to earn path. If they still want the deal. They can go to an OpenSea, they can find that NFT, and then they can come to your store and they can redeem that. Yeah, one one more angle here. I was thinking I was thinking about when you were mentioning this this uh, which uh, we may call uh, shopping in a virtual marketplace. Um, so one thing I was thinking is that of course there's friction to go going the Web three route, but uh, we don't know how much this friction costs versus how much um, this uh, accessibility is valued. So. I think uh, in the future, when we see more projects like this one launch and more of these, um, more of these, yeah, more of these pr- projects where you can purchase the item in real in the real world and you can also purchase it in um, in, in via Web three. Um, if we see the price of the Web three version be, be higher than the, the price in the real world, then that's, this means that. Uh, the friction is uh, costing less than the value that users get from getting from, from this being accessible anywhere, and uh, and the other way around, of course, if the, if the price of the real world item is is higher. Um, so I think this is interesting because it it will give us some information as to the value of these things, right? Uh, let, let you let the market do these things, and then the arbitration tells you, or the arbitrage, let's say, uh, tells you where, where the value is and which which uh, leg is more valuable. And uh, yeah, uh, I think I think that's going to be interesting to see in the in the future. Um, let me let me take that one more place uh, because I haven't had coffee today, so my brain's moving at different speeds. Uh, so, is there a world in the future where we actually see NFTs that rep that that are basically claims to redeem a product, 
And there's actually, it's almost like <laughs> buying an option on a physical product. And so I, I could see somebody purchasing an NFT that's a, a right to redeem a product that today might be $500, but maybe they're a trend spotter or maybe they're really plugged into culture and they think that this fashion item or this accessory is going to go to a thousand bucks. And so they lock in that price by buying the NFT for $500 and knowing that they can redeem that at any point in time for that physical good. And then that price skyrockets to a thousand bucks. They redeem the product and now they essentially just made themselves $500. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think we're going to see a lot of that. And uh, after, after, the, after the, the market is created, of course, then we will see um, this via this, well, checking these two vias, you know, the real world and the, and the Web3 Web3 part, um, which one, which one uh, brings more, more, more value to the user because, you know, there's friction, but there's also accessibility. And then the other way, in the other, in the other case, there is less friction, but, um, less accessibility because I don't know, I, I don't have a Gucci store near, near me, for instance. <laughs> I think we're going to, we're going to see a metric on this in the future, physical to virtual ratio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't think we have this yet, but uh, it's it's coming. I think it's coming. Um, okay, so we talked about we talked about coffee, the part uh, you, you like this part in particular. We talked about um, industry getting into well, getting into uh, industry growing in terms of uh, loyalty programs. Uh, we, we've seen the growth in the past and uh, how it's projected to be to be like this in the future. And we've also talked about um, Gucci doing something similar to what Louis Vuitton did, uh, but um, adding. Uh, a few a few key differences in in my opinion um which um, takeaway do you want to give us uh, today based on this news you know i think what this what these three items to me sum up this week are that really that we're starting to see more nuanced and more sophisticated ideas come to pass in uh nft driven loyalty and just nfts in general right from a brand perspective we are seeing Companies start to delve into Web3 in new and interesting ways that I think are really starting to lean into some of the native properties of Web3. Things like ownership, things like participation, um, things like open and free markets that allow people to easily you know, trade uh, their digital items. And you know what started as kind of a speculative um, area of growth, I think when it comes to loyalty, as this report that we talked about calls out, this is actually starting to become NFT driven loyalty is becoming a bright spot within the industry that I think we've up maybe not unlimited, but plenty of room to grow in terms of bringing the power of Web3 enhanced membership and loyalty uh, to businesses of all sizes. That's a nice takeaway. I like it. Okay, uh, I will leave um, you on that one with that one. And uh, well, uh, good to see you as always. And uh, I, I will see you shortly, I guess. Sounds great. Have a good vacation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Marketing Meets Web3. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. 